Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Lisa Kelly. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to just take a brief moment to thank you guys. We are in the 70s. We're in not the 1970s or the 2070s. We're in the 70ths of the episodes, which means we've had a lot of conversations with a lot of incredible people. We have another amazing conversation with another incredible person today, per usual. But I wanted to thank you guys for your continued listenership, for your continued support. And if you feel so inclined, give a little five-star review. Write a little something. I'm going to read it. It's going to mean a lot to me. I'm going to love it. It makes you happy. It makes me happy. It's probably going to make Alice Psychic happy, (laughs) which is my segue into our guest for today's episode of Stars Like Us. I am so thrilled to introduce you all to Alice Psychic, the psychic next door, a Cancer sun, an Aries moon, a Libra rising, a cardinal goddess, clairvoyant, (laughs) clairaudient, but both of us are horrible with technology. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> like good psychics. Third time's um, the charm. <laughs> third time is a charm. If you are listening to this episode, know that it has been brought to you against all odds, really. <laughs> truly, truly. <laughs> yes, truly. I'm so happy to connect with you, Alice. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I am so appreciative. Thank you. So let's just jump right in to learning about who you are, what you do, and how it became that way. How did you become Alice Psychic, the psychic next door? <laughs> so every, like everyone asks me, like, how did you get started in this? And my answer to that is I was, I was literally born into it. I come from a line of eight generations of psychics. This has been my normal. This has been my entire life. I grew up in this. I grew up, you know, reading palms and doing tarot card readings and learning to understand my intuition. And I had great teachers. I had my grandmother by my side. I had my mom by my side. And again, this is this has just always been my life. So what does it what does it mean to be from eight generations of psychics? Like break that down for us. I have the I'm privy of the knowledge of what that looks like but for our listeners who are for the first time ever encountering you and your work and your family's legacy what is the folklore of your family like how did it begin how did eight generations of psychics come to be in the first place again this is something that's just always been in my family I've I've always been taught this way what does it mean it means that I understand my gift first and foremost which I fully believe we all inhabit in some way or another just want to put that out there but of that spiritual intuition and how to read it how to turn it on how to turn it off how to help people with these gifts I was born and raised with a lot of traditions that may seem odd to people. But when you go back and you look at like spirituality and the connection of it, it all makes sense. What's a good example? A good example of it would be like um, in, in my background, coming from eight generations of psychics, we cleanse our, our space. We do space clearing with 
the elements of earth, right? And I didn't really realize what any of that meant on a spiritual level until probably later on in my life, because it was just something that I always grew up with. Like you're going to, you know, wash your porch with salt water. Okay. And that was just normal to me. And then I learned later as I would do my own research, okay, wait a second. Salt has this, you know, this spiritual, you know, I'm talking about identity or connection to banishing negativity. Literally, it's a cleansing agent. It's a spiritual cleansing agent. So things like that, I just grew up with. They just were natural to me. So when you say eight generations of psychics, you mean people who are professionally psychics, people who were exchanging their skills for currency. Absolutely. This is how they supported their families. This was their livelihood. This was their calling. And um, that was something that I also had to learn and go through that this was a calling of mine as well, not just something that's there, but like, you have to do this. This is a must for a reason. But like my grandmother, she she had her business um, in Kansas City, Missouri for over 50 years. You know, her mother before that had her location. And then prior to that, maybe not so much, <laughs> you know, permanent locations, but it's still, it's what they did for a living. I'm always curious about the way that psychic storefronts operate yep. and the way that they function. I remember and I just – I spent some time um, really going back into this memory because I wrote about it in the manuscript for what will be my book that will come out in 2021. But I sort of like tried to go back into this very visceral memory of being in New York City – running ahead of my parents and then walking to create the illusion that I was a four-year-old just walking around by myself because that was the type of Capricorn rising I was as a kid <laughs> where I was like, I just, you know, I'm going to feel really good if I just, if I if I know that I don't have any parents. What an irony, a very harsh irony for then having to self-parent throughout my whole life, but separate. I remember walking and running into this little boy and somehow like this and this is where the memory gets fuzzy and I can't remember I can't really recall if this is like a memory because I was told it as a story or if it's a real memory but somehow finding myself inside one of these storefronts these psychic storefronts and my mom and dad coming in and like whisking me away and being like Elisa like never go into those places like what like what are you doing and Granted, it's probably because I was walking by myself at night and like a block away and then I suddenly disappeared. I'm sure that the psychic aspect of it was less significant than just the fact that I followed like a, a stranger into someplace. <laughs> but for me as a kid, it was the fact that it was a psychic storefront immediately made it that was the that was the problem you know that was like the danger mm -hmm. so one i i'm curious about how they operate and two i do think it's really interesting how i feel like of all of the different modalities of the healing modalities for some reason there's a lot of stigma associated with psychic as and that is a concept yep. we question it we doubt it 
we challenge it. There's a lot of pushback on that term specifically. Well, there's not a great reputation out there, you know, and and I know that. I understand that completely. I think anyone who is in this has to understand that, of course, there's a negative um, stigma to it because the feedback or the you know, what we're known for, I guess, is is not good. But there are definitely genuine people out there for sure. As far as how like a like a storefront works, I can't speak for everyone. <laughs> I can only speak for myself. I have had live work situations. Um, and yeah, I guess it varies as well, too, from state to state and what everyone's laws and things like that are. But like in Texas, you can operate a business from your home. And I would always have like a separate area where I can have my clientele come in, usually go by appointment only and, you know, have my customers come in and do in-person consultations. That's how I work. That's not so much a storefront. I've never really done the whole storefront thing where you can just walk in and, and and do a reading. I never wanted to make myself that accessible. I do think that it is really interesting how there are, you know, in some of, at least in New York City, in some of like the most expensive, desirable, like, you know, a, a Gucci store can't even stay open because mm-hmm. the rents are so high. There but, are some yes. storefronts that can sustain. Absolutely. I have actually tried to do some research on this before. And there's a few articles that were written in like the early 2000s, but mm-hmm. nothing really reputable enough to uh, that really answered it for me. Because as soon as I can tell that the journalist for these very few articles that exist already is starting to frame the psychic as a con artist, it's like, I'm like, you aren't doing good investigative work. Like, yeah. <laughs> You, you came at this from a very biased perspective. Exactly. I'm not going to trust what you write. But let's t- taking it at face value, which is, I think, a really important part of the work that you do is taking it at face value. I would also not be surprised if the psychic storefronts are able to sustain themselves just through – I mean, if it's a highly trafficked area. Oh, they absolutely can. Absolutely. My, my grandmother's business was a walk-in – type of business. It was her home and and uh, a literal shop where you could walk into at any given time. And um, you can absolutely sustain it. And another thing that people need to be aware of is that these, these people who do this, who are legit, yes, they do this as they're living. And yeah, they can sustain themselves. But a lot of them too, they're, they are normal people like you or I, and they have partnerships. Well, not us. We're not normal people. Well, you know what I mean? Like we're humans, you know, we're humans. And like they have other people too that, that work and bring in income as well. And I think that's something that people also need to take into consideration is that we are humans. (laughs) Yes. We're humans. Yes. So recently you've started your TikTok and you <laughs> yeah. have an Instagram and you, in addition to making yourself available to your clients in person or digitally now that it's, you know, COVID, um, you also have all these portals open to the internet. Yes. And in some earlier tapings, we were talking about the boundaries that are important to maintain there as well. So I would love to explore that again together and <laughs> – talk about and maybe 
I'm sure that stars like us listeners have wonderful social media etiquette, but also as a reminder of how to how does one DM their psychic in a respectful way? Oh, okay. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. I don't want to step on anyone's toes with this one, but here it is from my perspective. I put a lot of content out there. Like I've recently understood, I used to tell people all the time, I'm the world's worst teacher. Okay. Like they would ask me how, Alice, how do you do this? How do I read tarot cards? What does this mean? And I'd be like, I'm going to tell you, but I'm the world's worst teacher. Then I recently had this moment where it's like, okay, you know what? You are supposed to teach people. You have all this knowledge. You grew up with all of this. You have to share it. Like, why are you gatekeeping? Why are you holding it all to yourself? So that's what I'm stepping into now, right? So I put all this content out there and I try to teach people how to tap into their own personal power, how to, you know, utilize all of these things. And when someone pops into my DMs <laughs> and says, hey, Alice, can you tell me, is this person, uh, am I going to be with this person forever? Do you see this relationship working out? And they, they will emotionally like dump everything on me, right? Like their whole life story, their relationship and their background. And it's, and then I feel connected to this person. I feel horrible. Like I want to help you but it's really draining. Like I, I do this thing every Wednesday, or I try to at least every Wednesday where people can ask a question on Instagram and I will do my best to answer as many as I can on Thursday. That's just, that's my gift, you know, to, to them. And, um, when I answer, like I'll do like 50 questions in one setting. Okay. And that's, it's a lot and it's super draining. Like it's my whole day. I don't do anything else. But then when I get those people that pop in and like, don't follow the rules of just like, wait a second, guys, let's wait until Wednesday. And if I can get to it, I'll get to it. And then after a while, I'll be honest. And I've heard this from other, you know, others who, who do kind of what we do, where when you open that DM and you start reading those first few lines, you immediately, you know, you know what it is. You don't have to finish it. We're not always reading them anymore. We stop because it's too draining. We can't get involved. Uh, just the other day, I did my chart signature mm -hmm. just to reconfirm how Saturn my life is and my experiences. <laughs> yeah. and I've done this over the years at different points. It's not something I use in my practice, so it's more just something for fun. But it was, you know, it was like high Saturn dominant, you know, it was like Capricorn signature sign. But I'm a Pisces moon. So even though I am so I I am so good at the illusion of boundaries and I say illusion very specifically because I think that my Pisces moon does I've Neptune on my ascent and I do think it aids that sort of creation of that like it seems like yeah. I have really good boundaries and I try to create really good boundaries but I am so fucking sensitive that it is hard to not take in some mm -hmm. of that energy. And, you know, I – a lot of accounts, I'm not sure if they have to be a business account or if there's a certain number, but I'm very grateful for those different inboxes, you know, the ones that go into like – that's the people that you are talking yes. to and then that other inbox yes. where it's people who are just hitting you up out of the blue. Yes. I'm very grateful for the way that Instagram 
has prioritized. Yes. Yes. Because one section feels kind of like there are some standard protocols. There are some, you know, I know how to interact with people. Sometimes some strange people drift in out of nowhere into that section. I don't know how they get in there. But most of the time, it's like in that section, I know kind of who's going to be in there, what kind of conversations I'm going to have, the kinds of questions I'm going to ask. But in the other section where it's like strangers from the internet who just (laughs) happen to stumble upon my account and have decided that they need – I have a lot of please, ma'am, please. (laughs) Yes. I need help. Please, ma'am, please. Yes. Imagine a world in which I'm like, here I go, like uh, off. <laughs> exactly. It, it would be lunatic. It would be crazy. You couldn't do that, you know? But at the same time, I feel the desperation. Yes. I feel the energy and I feel that. And I'm not like mocking it because I know that it comes from a really genuine place. But it's also like, you guys, like we, like imagine if I answered every single one of these. Right. I think a better way for people listening to contact their psychic or astrologer, at least for me, would be to say, you know, hey, I appreciate all that you do. Is there a way that I can get in touch with you to ask a personal question? Done. And that's it. Let's move on. That's beautiful. (laughs) It's so normal. That's such a, what a reasonable thing. But... I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that this work is not really respected in sort of like the traditional societal structures and system. So, of course, it's like there's people really take advantage. I want to tell you a fun story or a fun memory just kind of triggered in my brain. My grandmother, she would rent spots out on like, you know, fairs and carnivals and she would do readings out of the tent, right? And people would come up all the time and they would just like throw their hand at, out at her and just like thrust it in her face and just expect her to just, you know, spew this knowledge at them. And she would, you know, tell them, okay, well, you know, put the $5 in your hand or whatever the amount was that she was <laughs> charging. And then they'd be like, oh, it's not free. And she's like, you, am I out here for my good health? Do you think that? And, and that stuck with me. Like when you said that, like it's not respected. And she would tell people this too. Like, would you go into a store and just demand a dress or just demand a pair of shoes and not expect to pay for it? Like this is, would you expect, you know, uh, your house painted for free? It doesn't work right. that way. There is a currency exchange for sure. Right. So with your mother and your grandmother, mm-hmm two people that you knew working within this space, were they like feminists? Were they very progressive? What was the the general <laughs> ethos of how all of it sort of fit into the greater world? Yeah, very much feminist. We were really brought up with that um, mentality of a woman can do anything a man can do. Uh, we were brought up with, you know, be independent. You can't, you can't count on anyone else. You can't count on anyone, a man or whatever it is. Like we were brought up that way. Um, my grandmother was a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yes, very traditional in a lot of her values, of course. She was old school. You know, her grandparents came over on the boat from Poland. So she was, she had a lot of, you know, that like um, Russian, Polish, Orthodox vibe going on. 
So she had that for sure, but still very progressive, still very much, you know, ahead of her time. And I will say this growing up families and, and, you know, people around us had an entirely different set of rules, so to speak, than we did in our household. And that was mostly due to my grandmother and just being like, women could do whatever the hell they want, you know? (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it kind of goes with the territory. I mean, when you think about some of the in in some more successful pursuits in researching the history of witches, at least in the United States, so much of it is just female landowners. Yeah. You know, it's just women who had their own space and would, instead of ha- using a gun to scare people off, even though they did sometimes, it, they would have a broom. You know, it mm-hmm. was like, get the fuck out of my space. I have to defend my own. Like, you're coming in here. You don't take me seriously as a woman. You are threatening me. Absolutely. Like, get out. And it Absolutely. was standing up for yourself and defending your own environment. And we saw that. And that is sort of what we've created, that concept of the witch around. But it's really the, an independent woman, you know? <laughs> I agree completely. Absolutely. For sure. And, um, you know, just as you as you describe it, like there's just there's so much that just clicks back in my memory to my grandmother and to things that she would you know, tell people how she would react to certain things and how she would have to defend herself a lot. Like I learned so much from her. She would have people spew the most hateful comments just randomly out there. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. You believe in the devil. You're, uh, you know, God doesn't love you. Blah, blah, blah. Like the most hateful things. And, and where and what kind of environments would she so she had trolls. I mean, oh, pre-internet for sure, trolls for sure. Like, and they would they would pop up to even to her place of business. I mean, this was encountered all the time. This was even encountered in like safe places, so to speak, where if we would be, you know, hired to you know to do readings at a function or you know a private get together, there have definitely been instances where even I have experienced just pure hate from a person just for what I do. That's so scary. It can be. (laughs) So how did she give you any wisdom on how to handle the trolls, deal with that, how to navigate? You call them out. You call them out 100% or whatever it is that they say. I mean, I learned that from her. You stand your ground and you, you firmly cite what you believe in. Like for us, okay, you know, we're psychic, so to speak, or you go off your intuition. And uh, she used to read people's energy the same way I can read people's energy. So when someone would pop up like that sometimes, and if she knew what was going on in their life, like she would, she would throw it out there. Like once, once they hit that, it was like, all right, gloves are off. Let's battle. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. So like, what would she be like? You're calling, you're saying this to me, but like you're cheating on your wife. Like I can see you. 100%. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot tell you how many times that had happened. Like literally where, you know, a man would, because it's, it's, I don't know why I don't want to say anything, but it's kind of usually male energy. But anyway, um, you know, they would pop up and they would like say these things and then she would call them out. 
you know, she would she would turn to to the wife or to the significant other, and she'd be like, "You need to watch your man. He's not being very honest with you. Why don't you tell her what's going on?" Ah! And they would run, boy. They would run. It was hilarious. Such good tea. There was one time, and this is, I think, the last time that I humored this because after this, I realized that I can do more damage to these folks than yeah. they can do to me. For real. And there was one time that I was at like a friend's and she had just started dating somebody who now she's married to. So this is why I've realized that I can't, I got to zip it with this shit. It, I was like meeting her new boyfriend's friends for the first time who then, who knew they were going to end up getting married mm-hmm. and then I was going to have to go to the wedding and see this guy's friends all the time and like blah, blah, blah. But at the time they were strangers to me. So this one of her new boyfriend's friends was like not, he was a Sagittarius. So it wasn't full on I'm an asshole combative, but it was that Sagittarian, like, oh, yeah, who do you think? Like, smug asshole, right? It wasn't, like, cruel, Mm -hmm. but I was drunk, so I did not regulate, and I was just like, oh, well, let me see your chart, and just went to fucking Mm -hmm. town Mm -hmm. and just ripped it apart and was like, okay, you don't think that what I do is legit? Like, I don't think that you wanting to fuck your sister is legit, and, like, People were there, you know, like it was like, and even for years, because I still have to interact with these people. Thankfully, this guy who I hope to God does not listen to this podcast was drunk too. So I don't think, or at least he pretends like he doesn't remember the, what I said, but I've had to interact with him so many times now. And every time it's like, oh, there you are. And I'm like, sorry about that, bro. (laughs) Yeah, here you are again. How's that fam? After that, I realized that it's not even worth it to go there. For me, I, I so respect your grandma in knowing how to handle that and like in holding her space and being like, well, here it is. But for me, I have found that moving forward, the best way to deal with people who challenge me or question me or try to invalidate my work in some way is just to say, okay. I agree with you. Then you won't have a reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I I definitely, I fall victim to it for sure sometimes. And it's like, you know, my little sass comes out sometimes. It's hard not to. I mean, you got your Aries moon. I got my Leo sun. It's like. Gotta let them know what's up sometimes. Okay. Just you know, sometimes. Yeah. Especially because the only types of energy that present themselves in those ways are so troubled. You know, it's like. I agree. Who would want to make someone else feel small? Someone who has felt small. Right. Someone who can't focus on their own issues. Yes. Hello, everyone. This is Aliza. I am interrupting your listening experience to give you another experience. (laughs) I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, and I'm actually really excited to tell you about my experience um, taking this product. It is Care Of is the brand. It is a wellness brand that makes it really easy for you to maintain, sustain, attain (laughs) all of the tains, your health goals. Um, They give you these daily customized vitamin plans that you just, little packets, you just rip open, take them with water, and it allows you to live your best life 
now and in the future. Care of is focused on quality science and research, things we love, and they apply that to all of their products and recommendations. So if you're like me and you've had a tough time figuring out your vitamin strategy or approach to the vitamin aisle, this just does it for you. You take the quiz, you figure out what your priorities are, you figure out what you want to focus on, bam, you get it right at your door. All you need to do is go to the website, which is takecareof.com, and you take a short quiz that's fun and it feels like a magazine personality assessment, and you figure out what vitamins you need. So you can get 50% off your first order using the code STARSLIKEUS50. Go to takecareof.com. Again, that's takecareof.com. Take the quiz. Use the promo code STARSLIKEUS50, 50% off your first order. Give it a try. Give it a try. (laughs) I hope you enjoy. So we talked about in recordings that exist purely in the astral, we talked a little bit about your approach to working with clients and how you get ready for a reading, what a reading entails, and then how you sort of close it down for yourself. Oh, yeah. Would you mind sharing that with our listeners? Of course. So something that I have to learn to do is ground my energy for sure to be able to tune into someone's frequency or vibrations, which is exactly what I do. So I pick up on a person's energy and vibrations, and then I'll use like palmistry or the tarot cards to help interpret. That's my tool. But before I can even get to that, like every morning when I wake up, I will do some grounding meditation, which is usually like focusing on the, on the color red um, or doing some, you know, affirmations or what have you. So I do that. I prepare my third eye energy, get it ready for the day (laughs) by doing the color purple. I love doing color therapy. I believe so strongly in the power of color. So purple helps with strengthening my intuition and just kind of stretching it, if you will, for the day for my clients. And when a session is booked, a client will come in or nowadays over the phone or video chat, however method we choose to use. And I don't like, I don't ask anything. The only thing I ask is their name and their date of birth. And that is it. I don't want to know any questions or anything like that. I find that whatever is heaviest on their mind is going to pop up in the reading. I'm going to pick it up instantly from their energy, from their vibrations. And I know it's going to come up in the cards. So I like doing it that way too, because then people know I'm legit. (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. Um, So then we'll do a reading. And after I do the general portion, people get to ask their questions and and we get to kind of connect and see what's going on. I mean, readings will, are normally used as a tool to kind of understand what is going on in your life right now. And they help to bring insight or shed light on maybe an aspect or a situation or what have you that you didn't even realize needed attention. So it's going to tell you what you want to know, but it's also going to tell you what you need to know. That's what a session Mm -hmm. with me does. I just had an interesting session today with a lovely lady who we have been trying to get the, she booked this session. I don't know, like, I want to say almost pre-corona, like it's been for some reason, I have not been able to, you know, it's like she's had to move it and I've had to move it and she's had to move it and I've had to move it. It's been crazy. And finally, we had our session today. And she asked um, at the end, it was so sweet. She was like, 
wait. So I was like, are there any last questions before I go? And she was like, can you tell me my future? And I was like, honey, I just <laughs> did. I just told you for an hour. Like, <laughs> what? Well, sorry. Like, are, what happened? Like, <laughs> and she was like, no, no. I mean, like something that's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we just were talking about. <laughs> how how much further do you do you expect that we're going to go? Because your entire future is contingent on you taking these next few steps. And should you decide to take these next few steps, that's going to create a completely different future than if you don't. Oh my gosh, yes. I can't tell you how many times that actually happens, how often it happens. And that's another thing, you know, that I tell people, you have to remember you have you have free will. And just like when you do a reading or when I do a reading for someone and I, you know, I tell them like, okay, this is what is, is what's going to happen based on the current path you're on, but certain choices and decisions can alter this path. And if you choose this, you know, this path versus this path, well, here's what you could expect. This is what I see. So I try to give them those different um, depictions of what might occur if, if they choose a different path, but that's not always easy, <laughs> but we try. Yeah. And I was going to ask, like, how far into somebody's future, like, would you do you feel like you could safely see if you can at all? But then I, I, I don't know, I, that also feels kind of like a silly question, because at least for me, it kind of is person to person, yes. you know, like, and it also depends on where that, you know, how old that person is, absolutely, where they are in their life. Yeah, there are so many variables. You know, obviously, doing a reading for someone in their early 20s is very different than doing a reading for someone in their 40s or 50s. So how do you receive information? I know that you use your tools, that you have tarot cards and that you use palmistry. I think palmistry is so cool. I think tarot is – I actually have this giant book of tarot sitting like right next to me and I'm like, I love palmistry and I have this <laughs> giant book. But how – what does it look like for you when you are picking up energy? What is – what are those – how do those frequencies come through to you? Oh, so many different ways. Yes, so many different ways. I will – like visually, I've been told I look crazy when I do a reading because like sometimes I'll I'll just gaze off into some weird direction or I'll close my eyes. It's so interesting I'll... because I am an eye gazer also. My friends would like make fun of me for it. They would actually call me a silent film actress because oh, I, love that. I had such – like my eyes – were telling so many different stories that I guess the rest of my face wasn't expressing. I love that so much. You'll, you know, I, I look weird apparently when I do it, but I will, I'm an empath. Okay. So I can literally like feel people's emotions and their feelings and I will connect with them on that level or I will hear things or sometimes I will visually, you know, have an, an image of something that may have happened you know, in the past or something that will happen or something that's kind of currently in the realm of things happening or I'll see color. I know this, all of this sounds weird, but there are so many different um, things that just kind of pop in. It's like, whatever it is, I, I try to just spew it out. Of course, there are times that I definitely get stuck in my own mind with it, with my intuition and I'll question it and I'll be like, okay, hold on a second is this what I'm, is this real? Is this the intuition part? Or is this my feeling? Is this my emotion part of it? Because there is a difference. Oh, that's so interesting. I, I like to say anxiety isn't intuition. But 
I feel like what you're saying is akin to that, but a little bit different. And I think it's really interesting. So when you say your own emotions versus your intuition, do you mean sort of you, Alice, how you're feeling about the situation versus what is sort of objectively existing? Yes, absolutely. So an example would be and, and this happens every so often where I'm doing a reading for someone and again, I'm connecting with their feelings and their emotions, right? So I understand how they're perceiving a certain situation. So say they're in a relationship, the two, maybe it's a really good relationship. It was a great relationship, but at the moment, their partner is just not communicating with them. They're kind of closed off. They're being a bit of an asshole. Well, I feel that vibe and I'm like, fuck that guy. We don't need him. Yeah screw him but then the cards will say hold on he's going through something right now and he needs some help we can't just throw him off to the side okay and and i'll be like but my feeling is i feel what my client feels and my client feels neglected and hurt and i don't want them to feel that anymore but on the other hand it's like if they they have to kind of go through this situation to to help the other person so that's when you have to learn well what are you what am i feeling is is it am i connected to it on my emotional level or is it an actual this is what's up level intuition level so interesting i mean i know exactly what you're talking about and i don't think that i've put any language around that for my own practice and I think that it's interesting because I always try to, when I was younger, I was obsessed with being objective and I tried to maintain objectivity so often. And then at a certain point, I was just like, I'm not objective. Like if you tell me a story about a guy who's treating you like shit, I'm not going to want them in your life. I take the side of my client. You know, I always have my client's best interest at heart. So if even if I see that, you know, some fucking retrograde ass shit coming back in, I'm like, he's coming back or he might try to come back. I want you to be better than that. I want you to not do this anymore. I want you to break out of this cycle. But I think that what you're saying is really interesting. And I feel like it's definitely something that I may try to practice more because sometimes I'm not delivering objective astrology. I'm delivering Elisa astrology, which is like, He's coming back, but I hate him. (laughs) I don't want him in your life. On that note, I want to talk about Twin Flames. Yes. Because I am historically anti-Twin Flame. I I might even make t-shirts about it. You know, (laughs) like I I love to – go off about what is a twin flame? Is it a fucking Yankee candle with two wicks? Like, I've never seen one before. (laughs) Like, it's more of the fact that when someone says that to me, when someone says, they're my twin flame, it's a a red flag. It's like some Tumblr culture or something coming through to tell me about some on-again, off-again toxic situation that is being justified through this nomenclature. But You are a twin flame specialist. First, I think we have to talk about, I mean, absolutely like what a twin flame is. And I mean, there are three, three basic types of relationships, right? There are karmic relationships, there are soulmate connections, and then there are twin flame relationships. So a karmic relationship is usually those toxic relationships that people get stuck in and they say, oh, I'm with my twin flame. And it's really this toxic relationship. 
Um, so again, that's a karmic, that's a whole karmic thing. A soulmate connection, a lot of people think a twin flame is a soulmate or they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. We have multiple soulmates. Um, a soulmate is not always a romantic partner. It can be a friend, it could be a co-worker, it can be a kid for that matter. But the point of the soulmate is they are meant to come into your life for a specific reason. Once that reason has been fulfilled on both ends, so to speak, because you're in their life for a reason, they're in your life for a reason. Once that lesson has been learned, physical separation normally tends to occur. You will know a soulmate connection because it's like you instantly vibe with this person, instantly connect with them on that soul level. Your soul recognizes their soul, okay? That's what a soulmate connection is. A twin flame relationship, it really is that end-all be-all of romantic relationships. It is definitely romantic. And, a, you know, twin flame relationship is all about balance. It's someone who comes into your life to bring you that balance that they help you grow and you help them grow. And it doesn't really get boring. It's it's not a relationship that stops evolving. It is a It is a best friend. It is a romantic partner. It is... It's that thing that, you know, people dream about, of course, but there is such a huge misconception, I think, in how you actually get to your twin flame or how you actually find this person. You, you don't just find your twin flame. You don't just meet your, your twin flame randomly. You have to really love yourself, find balance within yourself, heal yourself, understand who you are in order to have this love come in, in order to sustain a love like this. If you're not ready for it, you're not, you're not going to be able to hold on to it. So if you're in a toxic relationship and you're reaching out to someone and you're saying, oh my God, I met my twin flame, but now we're not together anymore. And we keep going back and forth and blah, blah, blah. Well, baby, you're probably not with your twin flame. That's probably not it. Like, let's let that go. Let's close that door. Let's focus on us because if it is your twin flame, he's going to be back. That person's going to be back in your life. But you can't bring in something into what is broken, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that I have a broader definition of soulmates because I also don't really, in my practice, I don't really specify romantic relationship from other relationships. Mm -hmm. To me, like all relationships are relationships are relationships. And then the ones that also include sex and family and intimacy and a certain level of intimacy, like they are seventh house relationships. They are yes. serious relationships that you are locked in on. They're contractual relationships. And those are the, the you know, some of the most powerful and some of the most challenging. But I think there's so much ego in romantic relationships in general, even the good ones, that relationships are really always about self. You know, the only way to have a good relationship is to work on having a good relationship with yourself. And without that, you're fucked. <laughs> you're not going to have a good relationship. Call it soulmate, call it twin flame, call it anything mm -hmm. you want, call it a banana peel. <laughs> If you don't have a good relationship with yourself, it's just not going to happen because it's going to be convoluted. 
You know, Absolutely. you're going to see a broken reflection in that broken mirror. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that um, because it's it's 100% true. And even just the term of you saying, you know, you're going to see a broken reflection, you're going to see a broken mirror. That's, you know, that's what a twin flame is. A twin flame is your mirror image. So if you're broken, so to speak, if you're not working on yourself, if you're not trying to love, if you're not loving yourself, how is someone else going to love you in return? It's you know? it's a RuPaul statement. It's a it's a RuPaulism that is so real. The Absolutely. realest of all RuPauls. I have found in my harrowing journey to find love. For so many years I was in the worst relationships. The worst with the worst people. Just disgusting people. And it was like clockwork. Like any relationship I had somehow some way they would turn out to be horrible in different, in lots of different ways. There were like the drug addicts, there were the cheaters, there were the verbal abusers, there were the secret liars, like just all different types. But I had a broken relationship with myself. And on top of that, I also was manifesting exactly what I wanted to see. And I didn't think I deserved love. So I was allowing people to reflect that back to me. And it didn't matter who it was, what kind of person it was, all different, you know, the only type that I had was people treated me like shit. And who is the common denominator? Fucking me, treating myself like shit, allowing these people to be in my life. Yep. I think a lot of the time when people come to an astrologer or a psychic for relationship advice, they're maybe surprised to find out that we're not really going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about you. Yeah. Because clearly that, there's something that's going on with that vessel that is sending out an energy that is not sustainable, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you find that you find that so often that um, just like you said, you know, the issues that we have in relationships, just like you said, like treating yourself like shit and, and getting that back in a relationship, like people have to look at patterns in their relationships. What is what is the common denominator? You know, how are how are you seeing yourself? People have to learn. And I try to teach people this to be kind to themselves, to treat themselves as they would want someone else to treat them. Do it for you. Yes. It's such a simple rule, but it's like if you're in a relationship where if your best friend was in it and you'd be like, eh, I don't know about this one, that's not a good relationship for you to be in, you know? Right. You got to you gotta like parent yourself in these situations. Oftentimes we have shitty parents who did – who, and a lot of our – a lot of the issues is coming from us needing validation or love or like looking for something that was void in our life. It's all very sad and depressing, but until we can just like – get it all all the dust out on that rug and like just call it what it is and say like it's filled with fucking dust bunnies. <laughs> We're going to find ourselves in these musty ass relationships, you know? There's no way around it. No, absolutely. If we can, you know, if we can help people, and that's that's what I'm here for, is to help people understand that and just be the best version of themselves in order to attract that twin flame love. So what is a good way for our listeners to in our in in our, our original round it was connect with their your intuition but i want to spice it up 
what is an original way? What is a way for our listeners to make their energetic field brighter, especially in the face of either energy vampires or way too much media stimuli? If you're just starting to feel depleted as fuck, what is a, a helpful way of, I don't know, recharging yourself energetically? First of all, you have to ground yourself for sure. People who get overly stimulated, people, you know, empaths or highly sensitive people, um, you have to learn to ground yourself. And an easy way to do that is to just visualize yourself in a bubble. Um, I do this all the time. You know, I see myself in a bubble. It's a clear bubble. I could see you. You could see me. I can feel the other person's energy or what have you. Um, but I can't take in any of that energy with me. And the other person can't take any of mine with them. Um, of course, every now and then energies will be overpowering and it'll still kind of seep through. And this is when you need to do cleansing for yourself. Sometimes you need to take a step back from things like the news and those certain types of situations that you know are triggering for you. You have to learn to take a step back. But of course, cleansing helps to recharge. Easy things that you can do, again, color. I'm such an advocate for color therapy. The color red will instantly give you some grounding and stability. If you're feeling like overwhelmed, if you're feeling like you have so much emotion and there's nowhere to put it, the color blue will help give you that release. Um, another, another thing that you can do, like if you're feeling crappy, you're feeling like you just don't have the confidence or the motivation to get through with something for the day. Think about the color yellow. Know that that is motivation and willpower. Um, lighting candles, like it can be a scented candle. It can be a colored candle. It's all about intent. And once you connect your mind to that frequency, that intent that you're putting out there, you will find that you are so powerful. You will find that you can really create the energy and the vibe that you're looking for. So like just citrus, for example, any citrus candle, just the scent of citrus, it literally boosts your mood. It's, you can you know, look at it. There's research. It, you know, makes chemicals, makes dopamine in your brain. It makes you feel better. These are things that you can actually incorporate and just remember. And it, it does make a difference in your energy field around you. Um, something that I do that's super easy is like, you know, those packs of hair bands that you, you know, you get and they're like multicolors. I just, I, I put a color on that day. Like if I want to remember that grounding root energy, I'll pop on a red hair band on my wrist. I'll know it's there. I know what it means. I go about my day. I switch out my colors. I love that. That's so, that's such a nice psychic hack. <laughs> it's just really easy. It's just like, oh, it's okay. so easy. That's so cool. <laughs> so, okay. I have one more question for you. Sure. And that question is what is one of the craziest things that has happened to you as a psychic? Oh my God. We were talking earlier about like people maybe overstepping their boundaries and whatnot. And I was at a party one time um, doing readings. It was a, it was a, like a corporate get together thing. And this gentleman came and was doing palm readings and he grabbed my hands, which was weird. First song, like, okay. Hands, plural. Hands, plural. Like we're sitting across from each other at a table. I'm on one side and he's on the other. And, um, you, you know, I'll tell them like, you know, show me both of your hands. And instead of me even getting to that point, he just grabbed my hands and he starts just holding them like intensely. 
And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is weird. And then he's he's like, are you are you really a psychic? If you're really a psychic, you understand, you know exactly what's going on in my mind and you know exactly who I am and what I'm capable of. You know that I can snap you right now in three seconds. What? I'm like, what? Yes. Yeah, I don't think you have to be a psychic to know that that guy is a fucking psycho. Exactly. Like, but, <laughs> but, I mean, you asked, you know, and that was, that's probably like the craziest thing that has ever happened to me in that sense. Like, on a, on a psychic sense, on a psychic vibe, I've had lots of weird experiences. I've had, I've done readings for people, and I'm not a medium, so I don't connect with people who have passed on, but I have had instances where things will um, move and that's kind of been really weird and fun yeah <laughs> yeah there was a um like a coffee cup we were this was an in-person client and we were just doing a tarot card reading and um, she had some things that had recently gone on in her life and then as we were talking about these instances that were happening in her life, the, the cup that was on the table lit, like it just, it fell over, but not just fell over, like tipped over, like no one was even near it. And it fell to the ground and it crashed. And I was like, okay, that's weird. But I've, I've had little experiences like that for sure. Oh, yeah. I love that. I, that's a crazy, st- you know, it's interesting because one of the most intrusive memories not even memory. I would say in the past five years that I've had has been a dude who was a amateur palm reader come to me for, and this is when I, I mean, it's things like this is why I don't do in-person sessions. <laughs> I haven't in years. But he came to me for a reading and then insisted on reading my fucking hand. And even though he was like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And then he was like, oh. And then he was like, don't wear rings on your thumb. You are so hyper-controlling. You're cutting off your femininity. You are working too hard. You're exhausted. And I was like, ooh, how dare you mansplain, hand mm-hmm. mansplain me. Mm-hmm. I didn't consent to this reading. Mm-hmm. So much of our work and just I think intuitively as female practitioners, like we know that people's limits you know like you're not going to tell everything that everyone everything you see right because you're going to be reading their energy and you know what they can and can't handle and it's like you don't want to hurt somebody you don't want to overwhelm them you want to like go gentle when you need to what i have found in some of these experiences from when i was like dipping my toes in and figuring out like what my own boundaries and limits are is that one of the easiest ways to tell if someone is a bullshitter, a charlatan, doesn't know what they're talking about, is they overwhelm you with information that you didn't consent to. Yeah. Because that is not what real empaths, highly sensitive people, psychics do. And and that's a great thing. I'm so happy you said that. So many people reach out to me and they tell me I was approached by someone in the street or on the bus or in the grocery store at the mall or whatever. And, you know, they just went off on them and told them all of these things. And a lot of times they'll, you know, they'll say, they'll say icky things. Okay. You know, whatever. We're not even going to go there, but that's a red flag. Yes. I hear about that too. That like I, at a gas station, someone pulls you like, I just had to stop you. Have you ever done that to somebody? No, no, no. <laughs> Who has now, time for that if shit? I'm, I will tell you, 
tell you this, though. If I'm already engaged in a conversation with someone and if someone is aware of what I do, you know, then and if I feel something, I'll be like, OK, I'm sorry. I got to you know, have to. Can I tell you something? And it's either yes or no. But I'm not going to be like, oh, I have to tell you this. I had a feeling. Like, no, I, I think that's an absolute red flag run. That is such a that's such good working information for people to know. I would also say as a good way of discerning, especially with psychics, you know, it's like, who's real? Who isn't real? There's mm-hmm. so many bullshitters. It's like, if you aren't, uh, you know, read people's reviews, you know, like do your homework. You're not just going to walk in to a hairdresser off the fucking street and expect real, them yeah. to know how to do a great job. Like, do your homework, do your due diligence. Like, it's your responsibility to make sure that you're working with somebody that – not yours, Alice, of course. But <laughs> it's one's responsibility to make sure that they are working with the right type of practitioner for them. Of course. So if you have a session with someone and you're like, oh, it was all wrong, like that's your fault. <laughs> you, you didn't do your homework. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, another thing too is I – you know, do – yes, of course, do your research and try to trust your intuition. I mean, how many times – have have we heard of people or at least i know that i've heard of people in my own experience where you just get icky vibes you just get an off feeling and you throw it off to the side like nah let's just do it anyway (laughs) trust that intuition you know listen to it and people will you know they'll pop up in my dm sometimes be like how do i know you're real how do i know you're legit and i i won't explain myself i will not explain and be like you know what just ask yourself Connect with yourself for a second. Ask yourself, what do you feel? If you feel I'm real, well, then guess what? You and I are going to do some great things together. If not, sorry, bye. I hope you find it's happiness It's a waste of everyone's elsewhere. time. Yeah. Exactly. No one has time for that. Exactly. Well, Alice, I think that you are as real as real can be. Thank you. Something that is amazing and that I love about being able to record with you and we have, we're also connecting on video, is that in your eyes is purple rings. I think you might have a ring light somewhere, maybe. (laughs) But what it looks like to me is just your eyes are like encased in these like purple auras. And if you ever wanted to see what a psychic looks like, it is that. It is if (laughs) their eyes have two purple circles around them, you know that they're legit. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'll take that. Purple's so my favorite lovely. color too. I'm a purple person, so I'll take. You are it. my favorite cancer of the day, so awesome. of maybe of the week even. I've so enjoyed getting to know you, Alice. Where can our listeners find you? Well, thank you again so much for having me. You can find me um, at my website, alicepsychic.com. You can check me out on Instagram at alicepsychic. Or for some fun, just kind of chill vibes, you can also find me on TikTok at the Psychic Next Door. We love it. We love to see it. Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you again. I appreciate you. I appreciate you.